How might teachers better serve students when they don't want to turn their cameras on? Today in the show, I talk with three teachers about their wins and challenges with this aspect of virtual learning. I'm your host, Celeste Kirsch, and we are teaching tomorrow. I can't quite pin down what has been the hardest part of online teaching this year. Some things that are coming to my mind are hearing my children scream from downstairs while I try to pretend like everything is normal when I'm teaching my students. Not feeling like I have the time I need to be the teacher that I have grown accustomed to being. All of the sitting and the time in front of a screen. And of course, missing my work friends and the doses of connection and whimsy and stimulation that I would get from existing around other human beings in a building. But something that I keep coming back to is teaching to a screen of icons, making jokes and hearing nothing, asking a student a question and getting radio silence. See, as a podcaster, I'm used to just talking into a screen and getting a very delayed and sometimes non-existent response. But this is different. When people say that teachers have radically transformed how we do our jobs, this is a huge part of it. It's not just learning new tech tools and relying less on delivering content either. No, it's like something totally different here. Many of us became teachers because we thrive off relationships, making connections with students, getting through to the hard to reach young people and building community, like capital C community. We're now trying to do all those things when we can't see our students or even hear them. How do you build community when you can't experience other human beings? So I wanted to talk to some people about how they are faring with having their students turn on their cameras, just to help comfort myself, to know that I'm not alone, to get some ideas for how I might get better at this myself, but also to contemplate what is actually going on here. You might be thinking that this is not the best question to ask at this time. There are for sure more important concerns that we should be figuring out in regards to virtual learning. Many people yourself included perhaps, have come to the conclusion that nobody should be turning on their cameras right now, maybe not even teachers, and that it's oppressive to even think about asking students. But I do believe that this deserves some investigation. Signs are pointing to some form of hybrid learning being a thing next year in Ontario, and whether we like it or not, some students will be learning at home in front of their screens. So. Even if everyone is vaccinated by fall 2021, fingers crossed, we are not going back to normal. Students keeping their cameras off despite teacher, parent, and admin encouragement, and despite the availability of concealed backgrounds, should be telling us something. Is this a sign of deeper student unwellness? Is this a way of our students exerting some form of control in this terrible situation that nobody signed up for? Are we asking too much of our students from a developmental lens or some kind of tech updating to better suit the age and stage of our learners here? Or in the lead up to distance learning, have we completely missed what fosters truly engaged learners rather than compliant and obedient ones? 
As Tess Wilkinson Ryan writes in her September 2020 article in The Atlantic, she says the system does not work without their cooperation, and educators who want to meet students halfway need to understand what is happening to them. Yes. We're not going to fully understand what's happening to our students in the span of this podcast episode. I'm sorry, I probably won't be able to even scratch the surface here. The impacts of what's happening right now in education, we're going to be feeling those for a very long time. But I want to look at these questions in the hopes that we might find something new or better know what is actually happening here to learn, to grow, and to make school better for our students, even when not mitigated by a screen. I was able to talk to a few teachers about this and their experiences varied. Some have had classes and days that they've got all their students to turn their cameras on without any prompting, persuading, or pleading. And other teachers have gotten very little buy-in and their victories were few and scattered. First off, we're going to hear from May, who is a science teacher in Ottawa. You might remember May as she was featured in episode 27. Okay, my name is May. I am a science and biology teacher at Ashbury College here in Ottawa. Um, I am a, I want to say runner. I feel like lately, because of the pandemic, I identify more with my way of like, soothing out my own mental health than I do as a teacher and it's not to say I don't love teaching but it's just running has just become so much more important to day-to-day sustainability right now that I almost associate myself more as a runner so I'm going to say runner as a profession I am a teacher and I very much identify more as a teacher I would say outside the pandemic, but lately because of my reliance on running, I just, it just brings me inner peace right now, which is so hard to find some days. I honestly ebb and flow about how I feel about cameras because selfishly, I obviously want them all on so I can see my students all at once. But then I think about me as a student and I'm thinking, oh goodness, I probably wouldn't have wanted to turn on my camera. And I've noticed interesting things. So we have two periods in a day, um, a morning period and an afternoon. This is just a pandemic schedule we've had. And the morning, most days I won't get cameras on, but in the afternoon I'll tend to get cameras on. So I, I sometimes wonder, is it about waking up and getting into a groove a bit before people are comfortable. There are some classes where I get 100% cameras and some classes I get no. And I am the same teacher in all the classes. They're the same grade. Consistently across the board, if I do breakout rooms or jigsaws, um, which is when we put the students into smaller groups, once it's about a group of three or four, everyone has their camera on. So And I don't know the difference because I'm popping in and out. So I I don't think it's a fear of me necessarily. I could be interpreting the situation wrong, but they do see me in these smaller groups. So I can't. So I I, I think it's something about the vulnerability when you don't necessarily know everybody. I think it's something about, you know, in the morning, you don't feel like your best self yet. And so maybe it takes time. I'm, I'm obviously just guessing here, but I'm, 
I'm thinking that might be where it comes. And I've sort of landed in a medium, which I could be wrong. And I'm happy for people to kind of tell me where I am right now. But I've kind of landed in a, I'm not going to force anything because I don't want to put, I just feel like everyone's in such a fragile state. I don't want to push anyone too far. I know we talk a lot about pushing our comfort zone, but at the same time, I think a lot of the emotions are just so high right now that I, pushing the students might just be too much for them. Even though it is one button, it might seem like a huge hurdle for them. I feel like so much of teaching is not actually the curriculum, right? It's the culture we curate in our classrooms. It's the discussions we end up having. And I found myself for the first time dreading certain classes because it's just pulling teeth to get someone to tell you how it's going. And I feel like I'm pretty similar in all my classes. So now I'm starting to wonder if it's just the way different personalities respond to the pandemic. Because if you tune into one grade 10 class, you'll have over 10 students just question, 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 chat, 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 nonstop, cameras on. And it's like a whole lively place. And then you go to my other grade 10 class. So they're all the same age, same teacher. And it's like, pulling on teeth trying to get someone to say hello to me you know I probably would have been one of the kids who didn't even want to show up and I was really self-conscious about my hair in grade eight and grade nine I mean I don't I, I'm sure every teenager is self-conscious about something and at least in class you're sitting side by side so it's just your teacher looking at you but when you're on your computer, like I just think of how anxious I was in grade eight. And I'm like, I would be so stressed about who was looking at me. And probably no one was looking at me at the end of the day. But that that feeling a lot of teenagers have, like someone must hate me or someone's staring at me or they must notice the one bit in the little left-hand corner of my face. They're, they're probably, and so I wonder too, is there a self-esteem portion of it? too you're at home so you want to be yourself but do I want to share my authentic self on a camera for everyone else to see I I just I don't have any answers these are the things I and so I end up going in this rabbit hole when I'm teaching and I all I see is their little initial icons that's what I'm thinking about and it is emotionally draining as a teacher I would say like I'm doing less work than I ever have physically in my job, but I've never been more tired. And I think I'm just, I, I, I think the emotional energy that's coming from teaching right now is so high. So if you want, if someone wanted to quantify my workload, yeah, I guess I am working less than previous years. I'm not pushing the bounds of what pedagogy I'm doing. I'm not doing those things, but I am emotionally so drained every day. In contrast to me, some teachers have actually never had an issue with cameras on. I was actually kind of shocked to hear this. I posted a question about what has helped students turn their cameras on in a Facebook group, and a few teachers named that eliciting the support of parents has helped, as has bringing in humor. One teacher said that, she puts a sticker, one sticker on her face for every camera that turns on. I love that. 
as well as reminding students about the community needs. For example, saying things like, it helps me as your teacher when you turn your camera on. I'm gonna introduce you to Ron right now. And I loved Ron's take on seeing himself as an edutainer of his students. Yeah, so uh, my name is Ron. I am a grade 11 and 12 accounting teacher at Appleby College in Oakville, Ontario. I don't live too far away. I'm from Mississauga. Uh, I've been at Appleby for about seven years now. Uh, I run the stand-up club over there. I coach some softball, run the business club. Um, and recently, I started my own podcast actually called The Teacher Hotline as well. So similar to you. So really pretty excited to hop on yours for full transparency's sake. Number one, that the school kind of mandates the cameras on. But with that being said, I feel like I'm still pretty confident that I would be able to get the students to get their cameras on just based off of how our classes are going, how engaged the students have been. And I, I, I would confidently say that the kids want to have their camera on, uh, especially right now during a time where we don't get a lot of social interaction. So to spend an hour to, to be able to see your classmates and your peers, I feel like the, the, the students are craving that. I feel like where I've been finding my success is you really need to set a good impression and culture right out the gate on day one. I don't think you're going to have success if, you know, halfway through a class, the students aren't feeling it, the energy's down, and then all of a sudden you say, all right, well, Celeste, you're going to need to turn your camera on right now. No one wants that. I've been in meetings where I'm like, I don't want to turn on the camera. And I get it. I totally get it. But when you're engaged, you want to be there, you have something to say, everyone wants to have their cameras on. And the energy that I've been getting from my grade 11s and 12s is they've been, and I'm so thankful to the, to the students I have, they've been so engaged up to this point. They've been having their cameras on the entire time, regardless of what the school is saying. I, I know some teachers will probably disagree with this. And I, I'm a stand-up comedian outside of school, and I feel like maybe I'm a little bit biased where I feel obligated to entertain. But I, I, I said this to my students on day one of lockdown. And I said, guys, I'm going to try my hardest to make the next 75 minutes the best part of your day online. Even though we're talking about accounting, which is going to suck and it's going to be boring. But I'm going to be obligated to make this the most entertaining thing that you're going to see. More, more entertaining than anything that you're going to watch on Netflix. And that's kind of my goal that I set for myself. And I know some teachers they don't see themselves as entertainers. But I feel like... If you want the kids to be involved and engaged and to want to listen to you, you better be entertaining. Because why would I want to listen to you for 75 minutes if you're not? And I think oftentimes teachers are like, no, I want to just deliver content. You know, I, I want to talk about math. I want to talk about physics. And, I, you know, we're just talking about making formulas. Well, I'm like, no, let's find a way to be entertaining on camera. Um, and I think entertainment could be a little bit different. Um, for each person, but there needs to be a component of, of a show that you're putting on for the kids and not just curriculum. And I think that you don't have to be funny, right? I feel like a lot of times teachers will say, oh, well, Ron, you're, you're a comedian. You're funny. Of course, the kids are going to want to listen. I'm like, no, no, no. That has nothing to do with being funnier. In fact, I actually don't crack a lot of jokes in class at all. Um, I think it has to do with the energy that you bring, the cadence that you bring. And I feel like Students have to see that you care and that you're excited to be there. Because if you're not, and you kind of come and say, hey, good morning, everyone. All right, today we're going to be talking about um, 
world history today. You know, you, you can't listen to that for 75 minutes. There's no way. There's, there's no way anyone could do that, adults or child-alike. Um, so there's got to be a little bit of energy behind what you're saying and belief that what you're saying is the most exciting thing. And I feel like if everyone's cameras is on, even if the school didn't mandate it, I would tell my students on day one, guys, I would really appreciate if your, your camera's on. Like, don't do it for you. Like, do it for me. Like, like, come on. Like, do it for me. Like, feel bad for me a little bit here. And the kids, they're like, yeah, okay, cool. We'll, we'll do it. And then eventually, they, they buy in. And I feel like anything in life, you need buy-in. Um, and if the kids don't believe in why you're doing something, if it's just a rule for the sake of having a rule, then people aren't going to follow it. You, you need them to want to turn their cameras on. And that's kind of where I was going back to my earlier point about there needs to be some form of entertainment. And even outside of the whole Zoom thing, um, even when I was in class, I was trying to be, I was trying to put on a show, a production. Like I would play music, you know, kids would come in, we would chat, uh, you know, I'd try to get as excited as I could about accounting, which is the driest topic in the world. But when we went to online, it wasn't even a battle that I had to even begin to fight. Uh, and students just turned it on. But now that being said, I don't know if my other colleagues were facing the same issues or had the same success, but um, those were kind of my experiences. And I kind of attribute that to the kids just want to be there and they just want to have a good time. I feel like it needs to start on day one, regardless if we're talking about in or outside of school, online or offline. That needs to be set on you on day one and your first impressions that you set with the kids. I say to my students on day one, I'm like, guys, forget that you're at school. Because this is a business class, we're going to treat this like a, a business meeting. So what I mean by that is when you come to class, whether you're online or at home, well, online at home, same thing, uh, you're going to put yourself in a professional setting. Like, I don't want you in bed. I don't want you to have a shirt off naked while you're pulling out your laptop with your hair all disheveled i'm like we're all judging you a little bit <laughs> if you're doing that and i think that kind of starts with day one culture and i don't know if you're able to pull that off you know in a grade seven or eight class but my grade 11 students i find that they buy into it a bit more because we're in a business setting it's tricky too because while students thrive off our energy I'm not sure that stepping into that high energy role of an edutainer is something that all teachers could pull off. Like, of course, Ron has his own podcast, and I'll put the link for it in the show notes so that you can get more of Ron in your feed. It's certainly not at this stage of the year that I think we could all pull this off. This may be something that we could apply for future years or if we start the year in a virtual mode. But I think that how Ron has set up the expectations early and made his classroom like a business meeting, like he says, from day one, that would have really helped set the culture of his class. Now, obviously, while talking to Ron for this episode, I didn't have the time or the means to interview more teachers from his school. But if I did, I'd want to find out if his experience is unique or if it's just the norm at his school for all cameras to be on. My hunch, though, is that Ron's clear, obviously engaging delivery style doesn't hurt. But there's likely also a tipping point where most of the students are turning the cameras on. So it's one of those people like us do things like this, cultural norms. Next, I want to share a little from Jen, who teaches French. My name is Jennifer Barros. I teach grades 7 and 8 French, core French, in Toronto, Ontario at Montcrest School. 
Jen was first on the podcast back on episode 13, and then she was the interviewer on episode 26. So Jen is no stranger to the Teaching Tomorrow podcast. Welcome back, Jen. When teaching students a language, it's really kind of important to be able to see their faces for understanding and to be able to actually hear the students talk. So Jen is obviously experiencing some real hurdles in supporting her students with their learning. I would say most of the time my, my students have their cameras off. Um, I have classes, I'm pretty fortunate my classes are about 15-ish. And um, I would say maybe in each class I have one or two students who will have their cameras on without prompting. And I, because I teach French, I feel, I feel really torn with the camera situation because I totally appreciate how for some students having their camera on is an enormous amount of anxiety. I appreciate where some students might not feel comfortable showing their homes. I feel like I understand that. And um, for me as a language teacher, I rely so heavily on seeing my students to read whether they're understanding what I'm saying. And if they are comprehending the language and, and I don't get any of that, and um, so that, it, it's tricky for me. It means that I've used an enormous amount of English in my online instruction, which is heartbreaking in one hand, but it's what we need to do in the other because ultimately my students feeling safe and secure and showing up every day is what matters. Um, but teaching to the dots is, is challenging. Um, and, uh, and so I'm really been looking for other ways to make sure they're engaged and, and to hear their voices. It's, um, it's been, it's not easy and I don't know what the right answer is. Um, I don't know that there is like one right answer, but it's, uh, it's certainly challenging. So I would say, um, there are probably like three main things that have helped, or I'd say maybe four things that have helped. They're all very small but four things that have helped them feel more comfortable to turn their cameras on. I use a lot of Flipgrid in my class because, especially for language instructions, basically the only way I get to hear them. And so that helps more of them will, most of them will turn their, keep their cameras on. Sometimes they have like a little emojis near them or they'll use a filter. And some of them still have like a, some of them have used the podcast feature. Flipgrid now has a podcast feature that's only their voice. Some of them will default to that, but I certainly get way more faces and voices using Flipgrid um, than I would in a class discussion on Google Meet or Zoom. I've started using breakout rooms a little bit more and I do notice that not always, but sometimes they will turn their cameras on and unmute themselves quite a bit more when they're in a small breakout room for their peers. I have stopped prompting them as much. What I did say to them a few weeks ago was I said, you know, guys, it really means a lot to me when you either unmute your camera or unmute your mic just to say goodbye at the end of class. So if you're able to do that, I would really appreciate it. And I got a, and that I think helped just at the end, they'll like wave or they'll unmute to say goodbye, Miss Barros. And and like that kind of connection has been nice. And so that helped. The other thing that I tried, which was not academic at all, is this website called GatherTown. And um, it was, 
I'm sure you, there's ways you could use it academically, but I think at this point in the year, most teachers are in survival mode and we're just kind of doing what we need to do with these little muffins to, to make them feel okay about having some structure in their day and some fun in their day. And so it's a website where anybody can go join. The person who sets up the gather town will pick the theme. Like I tried out the recess room with my students on Monday. There's a pool party, there's a library. You can do like office settings. I think there's lots of different options for what you want your room to look like. We did a recess room and so it's very big. There's an out, there's outdoor spaces and indoor spaces and so you log in, you get to kind of pick your avatar and you wander around and it mimics being really at a space with someone. So if you see someone else's avatar on the map, everything's kind of a bird's eye view on the map. And if you see someone else's avatar, as you walk closer to them, their sound will fade in and their video will fade into your screen. And, um, and you could have a lot of people together and then it becomes a conversation, which is really fun. We played, I played with my students on Monday, we played some games like in the recess one, there's some tables and private spaces that have games. So we played a drawing game. And what I said to my students was like, hey, guys, let's turn our cameras on and, and take some pictures of us using this new Gather Town website. And then I and some of them already had it was interesting because some of them had already had their cameras on who I never normally see in class. And then a few more did. And and it was nice. It really felt like we were actually playing a game together. And, um, and so that was really fun. And I think, so what we're hoping to try, because Gather Town has like a free level, which is what we used in class on Monday, but what we're hoping to do starting maybe once a week for the next little while, maybe till the end of the year, the past next month or so, is to just buy a license to do an event once a week so our whole grade can get together. Because what we have found is that we did this last year and this year is we've offered like a recess Zoom room to our grade sevens and a recess Zoom room to our grade eights, but they don't use it because it's supervised by a teacher and they don't need it, right? Like they, they have their cell phones. If they want to talk to someone, they're going to call them or text them or whatever. But they were really engaged and I think this is fun because the teacher is there, like we're around, but we're not, it's like recess. We're there, but we're like, we're not hearing everything. <laughs> And, um, and they can go into like a, in Gather Town, there's private spaces that they can like quickly enter, exit to have conversations where other people aren't listening. And um, so that was really fun. And then an activity I tried, I haven't tried it recently, but I might bring it back to see if my sevens will be into it. But what I did with my eights when we were remote in February is this four corners activity. And um, we were practicing listening and reading and so it was very comprehensible input based and so I had a Google slide deck with four options of like um qu'est-ce que tu aimes manger après l'école and there would be like four pictures like of like potato chips or fruit or chocolate cake or ice cream popsicle or whatever and then each of them had to number had a number and they had to have their screens on so i could see them and they would show me with their fingers like which one do you prefer one two three or four and then we could kind of see what's the collective feeling like do most people prefer one and i really love that activity because even though there wasn't a lot of there wasn't any, almost any speaking output for them. It was a great listening activity and great comprehension activity for them. 
Um, so that's something I've kind of been saving in my pocket to do with my sevens in a few weeks because that was a really successful activity for them. I'd say those are my few wins. <laughs> What's always struck me about Jen has been her willingness to innovate, to try new things and experiment with what's available to her professionally. I really appreciate some of these strategies that she shared that's helped normalize students seeing and hearing each other. When asking my students about the cameras on, cameras off experience, I got mixed responses for them, not surprisingly. About half of them said that they enjoy classes more when they see their fellow students, and they didn't think teachers should just stop asking about the cameras already. I was kind of surprised by that one. Some even said that they're okay with the gentle prodding and reminders. A good portion, about a third, said that the time of day really impacts that they're willing to turn their cameras on. Mornings are harder for them. But really, many said they don't mind turning them on here or there, but it's just too draining to do it all day. A statement that I heard over and over is that if there is at least half of the group willing to turn the cameras on, then it's fine for them. But ultimately, ultimately, it's a stressor for them. And if they can alleviate one stressful thing, then they would prefer to. And I can really relate to that. So where have I landed after asking these questions and hearing from these teachers and getting some input from my students? The first, I wish I could just reimagine what online video class platforms do. In an ideal world, this is what I'm thinking, Students would see their faces just when they are logging on and entering that online space. But otherwise, they don't see their own face. I think it's really distracting, not beneficial for learning, and truly kind of weird. I find it hard when I see my own little icon in the corner, and I can only imagine how hard it is if you are, you know, kind of uncomfortable in your own skin. I wish teachers were the ones that could see the whole class, but otherwise students could like pick some close friends who could see their faces or it only turns on when you're in a breakout room. I feel like this more closely mimics real life learning. So Google or Zoom, if you're listening to this episode, let's talk. The second thing that I'm taking away, I'm going to continue being strategic in regards to when I ask my students to turn on their cameras. I'm going to be transparent about why I'm asking for this and maybe even pull in those community reminders. People like us do things like this, or this really helps me as your teacher, or this helps us build community and connections. And I feel like this will make class a more pleasurable experience for them to understand what's going on and to take a page from Ron's book of, you know, seeing myself a little bit more as an edutainer. Maybe I can't pull it off like Ron does, but I feel like if I have a little bit of that game show host uh, energy, perhaps I could get more buy-in. The third, ultimately my job is to connect with my students. And right now I have a real design constraint on how I do my job, but I have to keep playing. Using things like GatherTown or using mood meters to see how they're feeling when they're walking in the meet rather than just seeing their faces, Pear Deck to get that live interaction, or even just one-on-one conversations in breakout rooms. I have to acknowledge that if I could make my students' lives just a little bit less stressful, I should lean into that right now. And 
just do what I can with the tools that I have. There's clearly not one right way to connect with young people and I have to keep seeing how I can get through to them given where we all are. I hope that this will actually make me a better educator from when I'm not stuck behind a screen. I hope this has been helpful and shed some light on the cameras on, cameras off conversation. I would love to hear your thoughts. Reach out to me on Twitter at teach underscore tomorrow or Instagram at teaching underscore tomorrow. And of course, if you like the show, give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. But the absolute best thing you can do to show the love is just share the episode with a friend that you think would like it and get something out of this work. That's all the time we have for today, folks. Keep meeting your students halfway. And remember, we are teaching tomorrow.